The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. At the beginning of today's gospel, Luke tells us that Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem. He is determined that he will go there. But first, he will stop in Samaria. You may remember that Samaria was where Gentiles or non-Jews live. Unlike the Jews who worship at the temple in Jerusalem, the Samaritans worship at a temple on Mount Gerizim. And in fact, in John's Gospel, the evangelist tells us the Samaritans shared nothing in common with Jews. So we really shouldn't be surprised that when Jesus sends his messengers ahead of him, the Samaritans reject his visit. Maybe there was another innkeeper there who declared there was no room. Or the local merchants locked their doors and shuttered their windows. But it was clear Jesus wasn't welcome. A few verses earlier in this chapter, Luke told us that Jesus sent his disciples out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And when he sent them out, he instructed them to shake the dust off their feet if they were not welcomed. Now, Luke doesn't give us any time markers in this chapter, so we don't know how many days or weeks or even months may have passed since that sending but James and John clearly have forgotten their instructions. And they become defensive and angry. 
And they asked Jesus if they should command fire to come down and consume the Samaritans. You can just imagine Jesus' reaction. We don't hear the exact words he says or the tone of his voice, but Luke tells us that Jesus rebukes them. After all, he has already told his disciples to expect his suffering, his rejection, and even his death. The one whom the angel foretold would guide our feet in the way of peace isn't about to bring destruction or hellfire upon those who don't share his beliefs. Instead, he does what he told his disciples to do. He shakes the dust from his feet and goes on to the next village, galvanized toward Jerusalem. But that's the last we see of a compassionate or merciful Jesus in this passage. It's the last we see of the Jesus we meet as children or are comforted by when we are hurting. And I guess that many of us find his next words hard to bear. Because the next three conversations he has are with would-be disciples whom he meets on the road. Two volunteer to follow Jesus while another one responds to his command. In his first encounter, someone says, I will follow you wherever you go. And the person's sweeping grand gesture elicits a reminder from Jesus that becoming his disciple doesn't provide any guarantee of the creature comforts of a bed or a home. And we know on this side of Golgotha that following Jesus wherever he goes means the cross. The call to discipleship is costly. The next conversation we hear is when Jesus commands someone else, follow me. And that would-be disciple replies, yes, Lord, but first, let me bury my father. <coughs> it isn't like he was asking for something trivial or selfish. He asked to be allowed to follow the commandment to honor his father and his mother. It's entirely possible he was the eldest son, and he would have had responsibilities to a mother or to siblings. But the call to discipleship is unyielding. The final conversation in today's gospel happens when a third person says, he too will follow Jesus, but first he wants to say goodbye to his household. Later, we will hear Jesus say, whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life shall preserve it. Here, Jesus brusquely tells the man that no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The call to discipleship is disruptive. 
Discipleship demands that we reorder our lives and our priorities to follow Jesus. The text brings us face to face with Jesus and compels us to ask ourselves, what do we say when we hear Jesus call, follow me? When Jesus says, follow me and love your enemies and do good to those who hate you, we say, yes, Lord, but first, let us show them we have the strength and the power to destroy them. When Jesus says, follow me and give to everyone who begs from you, we say, yes, Lord, but First, let's make sure they won't make fools of us. And when Jesus says, follow me and be merciful, just as your Father is merciful, we say, yes, Lord, but first, let's make sure they can be useful to us. Is it any wonder that Jesus is terse with his would-be disciples. Our answer must be, yes, Lord, without any of the conditions or excuses. Remember Martin Luther's definition of sin? It is being curved in on ourselves. In our human condition, we will always look first to our own abilities and priorities and protect our own egos and comfort, placing our needs before others. But on the cross, Jesus sacrifices himself, emptying himself to redeem us. He forgives our sin, our selfishness and self-centeredness and promises we will be with him in the kingdom of God, a kingdom that is now but not yet. Confident in God's promises and of God's presence with us, we live here and now. As his disciples, Jesus calls us to humble servanthood, invites us into a new covenant relationship with God, and asks us, to look and see all that God is doing in and through his people. May our yes be yes. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for your son Jesus who shows us the way to abundant life, full of love, generosity, and mercy. Forgive us when we put ourselves ahead of others, even when we think we have good reasons or we mean well. By your Holy Spirit, set our faces to your Son, that we will follow him with obedience, discipline, and commitment. Amen.